up world it's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter mike richmond you're listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts and also on youtube thanks for making this podcast your first listen every single day start your day every single weekday by listening to locked on blazers and tell your friends to do the same in today's episode it's a mailbag episode. We're going to answer listener-submitted questions all episode long. If you want to get involved in a future mailbag, the best way to do it is to email me, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. That's lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter where I typically will send out a tweet soliciting questions. I didn't do it for today's episode because I did it last week and I got a whole boatload. So we're just using the the some that are a little bit old, but it's the middle of the offseason. Nothing is old yet. But if you want to be involved in a future one, we do these pretty much every single week. And when the regular season rolls around, it's not the uh, the deep off season. We will do a mailbag every single week. So uh, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com. It's a place, you, a place to go if you want to get involved. Without further ado, let's get to the question. This first one comes from Chris Wright at Chris the Zero on Twitter, who asks, considering what Anthony Simons just got paid, and considering what Nas has produced, Nazir Little has produced thus far, is it time that the Blazers extend Nazir Little, offer him a rookie contract extension? First, the rules. Uh, thank you, Chris, for the question. First, the rules. Uh, pl- first round picks coming off their entering their fourth year in the league are eligible to sign contract extensions up until basically the start of the season. The deadline is uh, sometimes like a day before, a couple days before the season starts, but up until the start of the season. And then if you don't reach a contract extension or don't reach a, uh, an agreement to extend the contract, the rookies will enter a restricted free agency in the, in the summer. I mean, conceivably unrestricted free agency, but Restricted free agency first round picks. So basically the Blazers and Nazir Little and Nazir Little's people have to decide whether they want to reach a contract extension here in the next couple months before the season starts. I think the like basic answer to this is the team should try to do it. The team should absolutely try to do it because there's a variety of incentives for the team, like for the franchise. Uh, probably not for the player, but for the team. One, Nas has had injury history pretty much his whole his whole career, his whole career. Um, he's just he's just missed time for various weird ailments. Uh, you know he had uh, dehydration in the bubble. He missed part of the season with really severe COVID, and then he's early in his career he missed time with an ankle injury. He's had a shoulder injury now with the torn labrum. Then this last season, like he has just had little things, little nicks and dings here and there that have, have caused him to miss time. He has he has had a variety of ailments. And because he's had a variety of ailments and because he was kind of, you know, buried a little bit on the death chart and then having trouble, like, you know, being... A, being there when they when when he would have been counted on, then he was hurt, and there's all these things. Like he's kind of had fits and starts when he's played. Uh, he looked really good last year, and he was starting to really put it together. The final month, final 15 games before he got hurt, he was like, okay, this is a dude who can really play. Like this guy looks like he's a you know for sure a good NBA player, and maybe even like a solid NBA starter in year four. Uh, he he looks really good. He had to, a 20-point game and then tears his labrum battling for a rebound with Carl Anthony Towns and his season ends. Uh, he also had additional abdominal surgery this offseason. Like, he's had some stuff. And so for the Blazers, because he doesn't have a long track record of playing, of being, of availability, long track record of availability and a long track record of high-level production, he's had, like, tantalizing moments. 
this is when you offer someone a, a little bit of money. Like, like this is when you try to say, hey, Nas, how does, you know, four for 40 sound? $10 million a year. You want to make 40 million bucks. This is, you know, that's already life-changing money, but it's not like super duper crazy money. Yeah, you try to lock him into a, to a deal that would, fr- quite frankly, hopefully underpay him. That's kind of like the point of running a basketball team is locking guys into contracts that they will immediately outperform. That it's like the trick to building a really good basketball team. The other incentive is that the, the salary cap is going to rise. Uh, John Hollinger of The Athletic wrote a story today in The Athletic uh, on Tuesday, July 26th. He wrote this story, in case you're looking for it, listen to this in the future. But on uh, in July 26th, John Hollinger wrote a story in The Athletic about how the cap is expected to rise uh, 50 or even 60% over the next half decade. I have read reports from various places that suggest that the by the start of the 2025-2026 season, the salary cap could be as high as $170 million dollars. Right now, it's a it's a little bit over uh, 23.5 million. That's a fat increase in a few years. So if you can lock someone into a contract extension that would kick in in the summer of of uh, of 20 or the 23-24 season, and then by the following by the end of that, you know, a four year deal, the last two years of which the salary the salary cap jumps up to 170 million bucks. You're talking about like below the mid-level exception type money at $10 million a year. That's real incentive for the teams to go ahead and do it. And if, and if Nas's people push up like conceivably like four for 60 is, it's like a totally reasonable deal. In fact, under certain climates, paying someone like Nazir Little $20 million a year, if it's $170 million cap, will just be the going rate for someone who starts in the league. That's where we're heading. Max contract's going to be over $70 million then. It's going to be wild. Um, really good if you're a certain point guard who just signed a, a uh, uh, max contract extension that's 35% of a rising salary cap. Uh, go and get that money, little duffel bag boy. From Nazir Little's side, no, I don't think it makes sense to sign a contract now uh, for all of the reasons that it makes sense on the team side. He has a chance to play a big minute role this year and be really good. He has a chance to, uh, in addition, he has a chance to show that he can be healthy for a full season in that big minute role, in the playing the best basketball and of his career, and then enter free agency with a chance, you know, for the Blazers, he'll be a restricted free agent to come back to Portland um, for a chance to just like return and be there to make that money to stay with the team and all of those things. Like it is only if Nas thinks that there is a health risk, would it make sense for his side to agree to it? There is a certain amount of money that he would go ahead and agree to if if the Blazers are kind of like eyeing that salary cap increase and saying like, well, what if, you know, what if you offered four for 75 for a guy who just hasn't proved it yet? But like, we think by the end of this contract, this is super duper cheap because he's going to be good. Um, I think there's a number that Nas's people agree to. Traditionally, the Blazers have not signed guys to rookie extensions. Um, I do not think it'll happen. I, I think it's a pretty safe bet that it will not happen. Uh, the Since Damon Lillard was drafted, they have signed two guys to rookie extensions, Dame and CJ McCollum. Um, Ant didn't get it because Ant was able to play himself into more money. I think it's kind of the same logic with Nazir Little, quite frankly. So, yes, the team should, and no, Naz shouldn't, so I don't think it will happen. But it doesn't mean that Naz doesn't have a future here. It just means that his future with the Blazers will be determined this time next year, next summer. Let's... um, 
Let's come back in the second segment and answer more questions. How about a question about Jabari Walker and whether he can be the key to what the Blazers need in his first season in the league. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, whatever it is. You want to bet on the next place Kevin Durant will play? You can do that. You want to bet on the next team Russell Westbrook will be on? You can do that. You don't want to bet on the NBA offseason? You can bet on MLB action. You can bet on North American soccer leagues. You can bet on soccer. You can bet on, or you can bet on tennis. You can bet on golf. You can bet on combat sports. Whatever it is, you're going to find it on Bet Online. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, let's keep it rolling on this glorious special delivery mailbag edition. And a reminder one more time, if you want to be involved in a future mailbag episode, the best place to do, the best place to send your questions is LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. That's the email address. Hit me up if you got cues. All right, this next question comes from Alex, who sent a question to that very email address and asked, is Jabari Walker, in so many words, this is a longer email than this, but in so many words, I'm paraphrasing Alex's question here, is Jabari Walker the answer to the Blazers' small ball needs and lack of fo- larger forward depth? Maybe. Maybe. I-, I think this is... This is a question that is, frankly, unknowable, right? But there's intrigue behind it, and... I think like my short answer is no, right? Like, we're just, if we were, if we had like 40 questions in this mailbag, no, keep moving. No, probably not. He's 19. Um, got a long way to go. I think that's like the, the short answer, right? Is that like most teenagers aren't good in the league. The Blazers want to be good. It's just, um, typically veterans are better than rookies. Uh, it, it is, it is like kind of easy math that dudes who have experience in the league are better than dudes that don't. It doesn't mean that rookies aren't good. It doesn't mean that every year there's not a breakout rookie. It doesn't mean that we didn't just see Herbert Jones in New Orleans come in as a rookie who was highly productive in college, was, you know, SEC Defensive Player of the Year, come in and from from that experience being a very productive college basketball player and to become immediately a high-level defender in the league. It's not like it never happens. It happened a few months ago. I watched it. Herb Jones is a absolute joy. He's a ton of fun. Like, he's a really, really fun basketball player. Is Jabari Walker Herb Jones? I mean, I don't know. That's like the, the, the true honest answer. But here's what we do know about Jabari Walker. In college, he was a Pac-12 leading rebounder as a sophomore. And he was one of the most... Uh, his, 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 like, advanced rebounding numbers suggest that he was... A monster on the glass. Even when he played a smaller minute role as a freshman, his rebound numbers were really impressive. When he got a bigger role as a sophomore, they scaled up with him. His his like just rebounding efficiency, his rebound numbers didn't change. He just played more minutes, so he grabbed more boards. Then when we saw Jabari Walker play in summer league, he was basically the best rebounder in summer league. Uh, he had one of the highest rebounding percentages of any rookie who played. Um, uh, there were some other guys, but of uh, he had the highest rebound percentage of draftees. Like he was an absolute monster on the glass. He's got a great nose for it. Uh, when I interviewed his coach Tad Boyle, uh, the Colorado coaches, he, he I asked him kind of. What's going to make Jabari special in the league? Why is he going to, why is he going to be a good pro? And, and Coach Boyle said, like, it's his nose for the ball. He's a just a natural rebounder who knows how to go get the ball. Uh, we saw it a handful of times in, in Vegas. Like, dude can rebound. 
at a high level on both ends. He could rebound in traffic. You know, he's 6'7". Uh, he probably plays a little bigger than 6'7". Or definitely plays bigger than 6'7 on the glass. But he just, he can get, he understands angles. He's got strong hands. Like, he can go to the glass and make it happen. He's got some defensive chops. He seems like he's going to be an okay standstill shooter. All of these things, if they were to play out, is kind of exactly what the Blazers would need. Um, They need shooting and spacing from their forward spots. I think... uh, I don't think they're like a bad shooting team, but they're like, they don't have a Ben McLemore on the bench. Uh, they don't have like a lights out, lights out shooter on the bench. If I'm not saying Jabari is that, but like you could always use more shooting in the league and the other options that play those spots. Um, you know, Trenton Watford's not a shooter. Walker looks like he might be. So that's intriguing. Walker has some passing chops. Like it's just obvious, natural. He's not like this super special advanced passer, but he clearly understands reads like and, and and he can handle the ball a little bit i think his handle's probably not ready for the pros and i think his shot is a little slow for uh being a high level contributor but like the idea of jabari walker is close to perfect right like it's close to perfect he can rebound he's the right size he's got some defensive versatility he could shoot he could pass he's got a little bit of off the off the dribble juice like that's it but i remain skeptical of rookies being high level contributors like, I'm just I'm just being totally real here on this one. I remain skeptical of rookies being high level contributors. I, I mean, I'm rooting for him. <laughs> Let me keep it real. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him in part because I've just I really enjoyed watching him, and it's and he's easy to root for, right? Like I want him to be there, but I remain skeptical. And I remain skeptical because of always what I say in this podcast is that typically rookies are bad. So here's what I actually think about Jabari Walker. Should he play? Could he be the answer? No. But let's get him some minutes early on. Game two, game three, game four, game five, game eight, game 12. Get him real minutes. Get him like a full shift, like nine minutes in in the first half. Get him nine minutes to see what he can do. Um, he's not one of those rookies that like, he is not so raw like a Greg Brown or like the way Keon looked early last year. It's like, where it's like Keon Johnson, that is, is where it's like, yeah, like, let's get them, let's sharpen their skills a little bit and see what they can do. I think Jabari has an intriguing enough skill set that I want him on the court early on. But what you're really talking about here is, does Jabari Walker deserve to play over Justice Winslow? That's the decision you're making. So I want to find that out. I want to find that out early in the season. Like, get him on the court, see what he can do, get him real shifts, not just garbage time, mop-up minutes to see what he can do, like... Get him a real shift in the in, in one of the first five games and see if he deserves more from there. It's like sink or swim. Obviously, really small sample size. Obviously, like some of it will just depend on shot making, etc. But like, yeah, I want to see Jabari early in the season get a real chance. And then if he looks like he deserves it, I want them to go from there and and, and get him get him real minutes. Like I think I think that's the simplest way that I can say it. No, I don't think he can be the contributor. No, I don't think he's the answer. Yes, at at least to to begin with, I trust Justice Winslow to be a better, more competent player at that sort of backup forward spot. But Jamari Walker deserves a, a little cameo early on in the season to figure out what you got. And quite frankly, if he's not ready, he's a second round pick. It's okay. You want him to be good in the future. You want him to be part of, you know, he signed a three-year contract, that, you know, non-guaranteed the last last couple of years, but you want him to play three years on this team and then 
sign him up for more. Like you want him to be part of the plan. So if he's not ready to go in, in, in like I don't think he will be in October, November, it's fine. And if he's not ready to go in March when, as the season draws an end, it's fine too. But let's see it early on and figure out what you got. Because he has this, if he is there, he has this intriguing skill set where it's like, yeah, yes, yes. If it all clicks, that is the what the Blazers need. Like, that's what they need. That's the guy, that's um, that's the position, that's the size, that's the skill set that the Blazers absolutely need. Because that's what the, it's kind of what the back half of the roster is missing. So give him a shot. See what you got. I got another fun question to close the show. We're going to talk jerseys and the ugliest Blazers jersey of all time. So why don't you join me in that third segment, will you? Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Final question of this mailbag episode, special delivery mailbag episode, comes from Mike B., friend of the program, who told me, that this isn't his first listen every day, it's his last. He listens to it as he's going to bed. Mike, if you made it this far, thanks for the question. And if, you, if you've if you already, <laughs> the sweet, dulcet tones of the Lockdown Blazers podcast have already sent you off to dreamland, I hope one of your friends tells you that your question made the show. Uh, Mike's question is, in light of the Detroit Pistons bringing back their teal jerseys that they wore from 1995 to 2001. What's the ugliest trailblazer? What's the ugliest jersey in Trailblazers history? So, the the let's if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to put up some images of these uh, of these ugly jerseys. If you are not watching on YouTube, if you're listening to audio medium, I'm going to do my best to describe them, but maybe this is the push you need to check out the last segment on YouTube so you can see the jerseys that I am talking about. So the Pistons brought back these monstrosities. You see there uh, the teal with the black, uh, black, yellow, and red piping, the giant horse, the two little uh, pistons there, uh, white lettering outlined in more teal and black. Um, They're just, they're ugly jerseys, but they're ugly in a way that has come back to be cool. That's the thing about these things. My recollection of these, and and to be totally clear, one, I'm wearing a tie-dye t-shirt, so me talking about fashion is really something, and two, I was a little too young to, um, to remember these release, but my recollection of these is that they were not well received. They were not well received. That's my recollection, is that even Grant Hill, who was the star of the Pistons at the time, was like, I don't like these. I don't know if he came out and said that at the time, but I remember him in an interview later on being like, yeah, I didn't really love the teal. I missed the, like the sort of classic um, red, white, and blue that he started his career in. Um, they made Joe Dumars wear the teal. Come on. Those were ugly. Um, they are ugly, but they're ugly in a way that is like really legitimately cool now. Um, like, I, I, I think... One, like those jerseys aren't for the olds. Like if you are, if you're, if you are a little older than me and you think one, that my tie-dye t-shirt's ugly and two, that like those jerseys are a monstrosity. Yeah. Like, sure. You're just a little bit older. They're not for you. Um, they're like, they're like Gen Z bait and legitimately I think they're dope as like someone outside of that age range, but like, I think they're cool, but I think they're cool in like a tacky way. Um, I think that kind of thing has come back. Like I think... I think the Toronto Raptors jerseys with the with the um, 
with the dinosaur were like considered kind of tacky at the time, but now are considered cool. I think the big hawk, Atlanta hawk jerseys, ugly at the time, clowned at the time, are considered cool. Same with the big buck Milwaukee jerseys. Same with the Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys uh, to some extent. Like not exactly lauded at the time, but now as you get further away, there's like this sort of... Um, there's a way that nostalgia reminds us of something from the past and we just think it's pretty. But the actual question from Mike, who's definitely asleep by now, thanks for listening, Mike, is what is the worst Blazer jersey of all time? Um, and I'll say this, the Blazers have had heat, heat, absolute heaters. Like, I think the Blazers have arguably the best jersey slate in the league, in league history. They've pretty much never had a bad jersey until Nike took over in the late 21st century and started making garbage. Um, Sorry if you work at the swoosh. I know there's probably a lot of people uh, in the Portland area who are employed by that uh, large uh, large company. But yeah, y'all are making ugly jerseys for every team in the league every year. It's like just everyone is dead set on making hideous jerseys. So I think like... Um, you know, there was a time when the jerseys were a little like the, uh, in the early two thousands, kind of like, uh, post, uh, kind of like the end of the Rashid Wallace Sabonis era. And then, and then on to the next where the jerseys were just really big. So they didn't, they didn't sit very flattering and really big jerseys with capital letters on them. Um, the jerseys don't look great, but since the 77th season, the Blazers have had pretty much a cool kick ass slate. So all of the ugliest jerseys are recent. Uh, including, including these, te- these plaid ones, I was going to say teal again, these plaid ones that if you're watching on YouTube are up on the screen now, they were supposed to be a nod to Dr. Jack, uh, to Jack Ramsey, but they just didn't go far enough. They didn't really read as plaid. They were just ugly jerseys. They weren't like really hideous, but they were just like, like, they were just like normal, ugly jerseys. Um, the, it was probably the first time that I like looked at a blazer jersey and said, yuck, gross. Uh, those are really bad. Those are from the 2017-2018 season. A runner-up that I'm not going to show in here are the brown jerseys. I think those are actually the worst jerseys for the Blazers that they've ever had. But they were so outrageous. They said Oregon across the chest. They were brown. They had blue and orange and red. Um, they were so outrageous that they're actually good. Um, I kind of I kind of feel like they're cool. Um, I'm kicking myself for not buying a Carmelo Brown jersey, just like a true um, slice of history that I wish that I wish I'd had. Uh, the plagiars are bad, but they're bad in a way that's like, yeah, these seem a little bit lazy. But then Nike came out with an even worse jersey that I'm going to put up on the screen now. Here uh, next to me on my screen is is uh, is CG McCollum in this gray-black, twenty. this from the 2018-19 season. It's gray and black, red lower place, Rip City across it, a single red line slash, uh, gray, like split black on, on the upper chest gray on the lower with gray shorts and uh and a gray or excuse me a black waistline on the shorts these stink (laughs) these are just lazy these are lazy the other ones were like didn't go far enough and i thought they weren't aggressive enough these were the next season and it was just like eh whatever Eh, hmm, eh, kind of had gray jerseys last year. Let's just do it again. These stink. I hate them. Those are probably my least favorite blazer jerseys of all time. But the ugliest blazer jerseys there will ever be, they haven't worn yet, but they're coming soon. They're coming soon. I, um, I don't even know what to do with them. They're so bad. Like, oh, I don't, should I even show them on the YouTube channel? Should I subject my dear listeners to lo- looking at something so hideous? Cause these are brutal. Yeah, let's do it this year. The 2022, 23 season, the Blazers are going to wear these 
Portland airport carpet themed jerseys. They're black with the teal swoop sw- uh, sash. That's the old carpet from the old Portland airport that they that is one no longer in the airport and two no longer a part of the Portland zeitgeist. It's like something just from the past. It was. It's just these are designed by people who just don't even know. It's like this was a funny cool thing that we did in 2015. It's 2022. No one gives a hoot. No one gives a hoot about the carpet anymore. It says PDX across the chest. They're awful. These are awful. These are the worst jerseys the Blazers will ever wear. They're so bad. If you design them at Nike, I'm not coming for you, but I am because they're whack. They're so whack. The Blazers basically never had bad jerseys. For 40 years, they never had bad jerseys, and now they've done it. So when I look at those Pistons teal jerseys, I say to myself, am I going to like these again? And I know I won't like the plaid because I think they're not plaid enough. And I know I won't like those gray black ones because I think they're lazy. And I know I will never like these carpet ones because the carpet thing was everywhere in Portland nearly 10 years ago. It's not a thing anymore. It's truly bizarre how outdated that jersey is. What the hell? That's the ugliest blaze. That's the Mike. That's the ugliest jersey in Blazers history. Uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, watch the last segment on YouTube. See all the see all the images that I shared, because um, it's like a they're real. <laughs> they'll get you. They'll get you as riled up as I am to close the show. Uh, come back later this week. We got more episodes, more fun rolling along. Locked on Blazers every single weekday, wherever you get podcast. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening and I will talk to you soon.